Hello and welcome to Eden Exchanges, the business journey podcast by Eden Exchange. Today we spoke to Scott Dempster, founder and owner of the Delicii Acai and Protein Bar franchise, originally from South Australia. Scott describes his journey from the corporate world to now successful franchise entrepreneur, the authenticity of Delicii and its origins, a love of Brazil and Jiu-Jitsu, the market response to the franchise, and the national expansion of its tribe and more. Discover what type of franchisee suits the model best and how you can own a franchise in your dream location with Delicia. Welcome everyone, my name is Raghu from the Eden Exchange team. I'm joined by Ellen Rogers today as well. Hello everyone. Today we've got a very special podcast with Scott Dempster, who's the MD and founder of Delicia Asai and Protein Bar, a rapidly expanding franchise offering a very unique service on the Australian market. Thanks very much for joining us today, Scott. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Look, firstly, Scott, the story is extremely interesting about how you came to form and develop the Delicia Acai and Protein Bar. Could you just tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to form and grow the company? Cool. Yeah, for sure. Look, I've, I've spent many years in, in sales, uh, sales-based business, and then uh, was thrown into a management perspective at a, at, a, at a very early age and have been managing businesses and, and high-level businesses for, for a number of years. So my pretty much my entire career has been in uh, management of, of business and business acquisition and business development and, and managing staff, managing people, managing multi-site businesses and continuing the growth of, of particular businesses and then people. So that's what I've, um, you know, my, my, my basic background, well, it's not really basic, but that's my background in, in what I've done professionally and that sort of thing. So we, we when, when Delicia, looking for Delicia and, and when the, the whole uh, idea popped up for Delicia was I, I've you know, spent many years in the corporate world and decided through a, through a life-changing I didn't decide. A life-changing thing came along and and uh, smacked me in the face, and and I decided it wasn't wasn't enough. Uh, corporate world wasn't for me anymore, and I wanted to connect back with my family and connect back with people. And I just walked away from everything. So uh, we we packed up everything, moved to the country, walked away, and just and and sort of relaxed again. When you said smacked in the face, and not not exactly correctly, but it's also the fact that there's a a correlation with your expertise in, in jiu-jitsu as well um, that also helped create this entity you've made. Well, that's exactly right. And and that's that's the thing is that Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like I'm, I'm a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu under a very, very, very well-known person in you know, Robert Drysdale. In, he's a half Brazilian, half American. So I'm, and he's based out of Las Vegas. So I'm, I'm a black belt underneath him. So I've been training jiu-jitsu for a long time. And it uh, that's how I found us a... All right, so I say he was. Uh, I was competing overseas uh, in uh, 2011 in a, in, a, in one of the world's biggest uh, tournaments, and I found it there. So that was was the thing that I thought. Well, this needs to come back to Australia in a specialist um, specialist field, rather than just in a cafe environment and we, something. You know, nobody's doing it and repaying the the correct respects to. What I felt, you know, my feeling was what I saw was that no one was paying the correct respect to Asai and how the Western culture actually knew about it. 
you know, so that was that was one of the, the driving factors. So we had the expertise of what I had in business, and then I found this product that I have a passion to, you know, so a strong connection, a strong physical and emotional and spiritual connection to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and it's responsible, and I'm strongly, you know, uh, believe this, it's responsible for where I am right now, where I'm standing for today, um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was was a big part of that, and um, and uh, and it's a big part of our business. So it's a big part of I can't force people to do Jiu-Jitsu, but it's a big part of our culture and our cafes culture as well. Like the very all of our franchise cafes have that type of Brazilian feel and culture to them. Very like come in, sit down, take your time. Like if you want to be fast, you know we we can we're both. We can be a, a fast in get your food get your health food get out or if you want to come in sit down chill out relax put your feet up kick your shoes off we don't care because that's what they do in brazil so we're very um we're very uh, uh, yeah i really really try and get that culture and that feel and that connection and that physical human connection back in our cafe so yeah that's that's how jiu-jitsu's got a big part of it Tell us more about the journey itself. Uh, can you talk through how you actually began to make Delicia a reality and what was the deciding factor for you to turn it into a franchise model rather than just a single business? Yeah, for sure. So, look, one of the, one of the big things for me was uh, I, I'm a vegan myself and uh, I spent a lot of time on the road and with all the businesses I had and as other um, you know. Uh, places I worked at I spent a lot of time on the road so for me there was a lot of time I needed to get like uh, like something quick I needed food fast I wanted health food or something you know I needed some protein I needed some fats I needed you know uh, some low GI carbs I wanted something quick and I couldn't it was such a pain to try and find anything you know, and if you did find a nice health cafe well then generally every other person on the planet knew about it and you'd go there and there'd be a huge lineup and I'm like, well, I don't have that that sort of time right now. I need to get something and go. So that was the idea that I was like, well, there's something that I'm missing and there's a lot of other people that couldn't get. So I'm like, I want to put something together to do that uh, was, was the drive behind there. Then from that, uh, I then looked upon some, some simple systems. I didn't want the business to be overcomplicated. I didn't want menus. Some of the research I've done and uh, the market research and then the physical research, I was sat in a lot of different cafes and, and I sat in them and watched them and they were just so inefficient. And that bugged me from an efficiency person and someone who's a perfectionist in what I do. And I just saw so many issues and, and, and the menus were overcomplicated. The staff weren't able to do multiple tasks. Like the barista could only do the barista. The person on the counter didn't know how to do anything else but take the money and talk to the customer. You know, the cook out the back was stuck there cooking and then they had a dishwasher. And I just found that to be incredibly inefficient. So I wanted to, to make sure that that was a big part of it. And that I could make it an efficient business and to keep our, our wage bill and our wage costs low. So that was, I wanted to start looking at things that worked well in there and just have a, a look at any other systems that may, may be working in that area. And then from that, uh, I wanted to keep our cost down, our internal cost low as well. And, I, and um, waste that I found, particularly on these overcomplicated menus, like you would get, I, I was sitting in cafes watching people stand at a counter or they would sit down uh, at the table and they'd be flicking through five or six pages of menu and they spent 20 minutes before they decided what they were going to purchase now from a business and business perspective from an that's not good that someone has to take that long to to decide and 
Then they come up to the counter and also, or, or even you know, even worse, you've got somebody standing at the counter trying to flick through five pages um, getting something. So that that was a, a big part of it. So then I didn't want these overcomplicated menus having all of this produce that could be sitting out the back and not being used. So at the end of the day, the last thing that I can't stand and the last thing I wanted to see people was throwing food out at the end of the day. You know, we've got a we've got people that are hungry and starving in this world. Why are we throwing food out? Because we we, we don't have the ability to, to manage our business correctly when we should. You know, it's your business, it's your choice. Um, and we should be managing that as much as possible. So there's that social aspect of it, but then there's also the efficiency and the profit side. Because if you're throwing something out, if it can't be reused and resold, it's it's waste, it's cost. That's profit and out the out the toilet, you know, down the toilet and out the drain. You you know, it's it's not something that it's conclusive, of, you know, of uh, a efficient business. So, I wanted to make sure that we could that if somebody didn't order something on our menu, it didn't mean anything. Right? If they didn't order it for a week, it's fine. It doesn't doesn't matter. We're not throwing anything out. You know, the, and that was a big part of um, putting it together. So, you know, do you want to keep talking on that side? <laughs> no, so probably talk more about how, like, how long was the journey, say, from conception to actually opening your first store? Yeah, sure. Okay, so from from the conceptive ideas and putting it all together. So I planned it. So I business planned the whole thing, obviously, out. So here's my plan. This is what I want to do. And, like, the thing I need everyone to understand is that this business was going to be franchised from day one. All right? It wasn't something that... I decided halfway through to go, oh, let's franchise. This is a great idea. I, you know, going back to the conception side of it and, you know, my, you know, back to some of my history, when I walked away from the corporate world, it turned me into a very disconnected, cold-hearted, materialistic-driven person, which I never wanted to go back to. So I I saw that the business world and the corporate world was what caused me to do that. I never wanted to return. So I it wasn't until some you know some speaking with some other mentors that just during my I guess sort of retirement I wasn't really retirement but I took some a lot of time out to just do what I did and I surfed in the morning and I taught Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in the afternoon so I'm a professional coach in that as well so I still teach that to this day and I'll continue to do it until the day I die because Jiu-Jitsu changes people's lives and I'm I've worked out that my mission in life is to um, I, I know it and I'm lucky to have found it early enough that my mission in in this world is to help people in, in one way shape or form i'm here to help teach i'm here to help and so jiu-jitsu i found has done it so i was just teaching teaching in the morning uh, sorry i was surfing in the morning and then teaching jiu-jitsu in the afternoon living the ultimate you know what people saw as a lifestyle and then i just then i had some to speak with people and i said Look, man, i could probably be doing more with my time better be, be a little bit more productive with it this is great but you know why don't i um I, you know, I've got the opportunity to help people and, and uh, a good mentor of mine said, look, why don't you do it for the right reason? And that was the phrase that changed everything for me. And I'm like, damn. So I could actually, I could, I could put something together which will ultimately help me and my family as well and then I can help other families and other everyday people um, you know, give them the opportunity of work-life balance and, and be their mentor and help them and then and then teach them the way that they should be helping other people that don't just stand there with your hands out give back because we're only as good as what we give back um, and I'm a very firm believer on that it's not all take if we don't if you don't the yin and the yang if you don't 
if you don't um, pay respects to both sides, then then it becomes a problem. And I think that's a huge issue in it. Well, I don't think I know a huge issue in the society we live in right now is becoming such a such consumer driven and take take consume, you know, rather than give back. And the more I've given back, the the then the the more I don't even like using this word successful um, we've become. And and we're always about that. So that was a really big um, drive for. I'm like, man, I could help these people out. So right, let's let's go and do this because. There's some absolutely, and I found this through, this is, again, I keep going back to jiu-jitsu, and everyone's probably going to get sick of me talking about it, but, you know, unfortunately, it's not, well, it's the wrong word, fortunately, it changed my life for the better, and I owe a lot to it, and there's this thing called the jiu-jitsu spirit, and it's something that, that it's very hard to explain until you've actually done it and train it, and it's this unwritten thing, it just takes a hold of you, and it changes your life. And if you do some research, like if you go online and look up, you know, onto YouTube, type in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu spirit and, like, there's some amazing videos that will just – you it'll literally make you want to walk into a gym and start training. And so through – you know, I've seen in Jiu-Jitsu the most what we would normally call average of people. I saw – here's a classic example. I had one guy walk into my gym. Now, this guy – was never good at anything. The last person picked for everything. Never picked, not athletic. And he would he walked in, this guy, six foot two, his head was hanging down around his ankles all the time and he had this horrible persona about him. And I said, man, what's the problem? He's like, oh, you know, I'm never good. I'm always shit. I said, well, that kind of attitude, that's what's going to happen, right? You know, don't worry about it. Everyone's good at something. You just got to find it. And so I guarantee you that jiu-jitsu here is an even playing field in respect. That you're going, there's going to be something about you that's really good that's probably going to be better than what I can do, right? But, you know, that we just need to find it. We just need to get that out of here. Now, this guy um, went along and just kept training. This guy would turn up, man, five days a week, and, you know, just hard work. He put the work in, put the work in, put the work in. Training, training, training. For his first tournament, you know, um, he went out for the tournament shaking and scared and I was standing next to him. You know, this kid decided, it wasn't a kid, he's an adult, but he decided to go out and take his first fight, you know, get out of there and fight and really put it on the line. And I was standing next to him, he's shaking. He's like, Coach, Coach, I can't do this. You know, I can't do it. I said, are you, are you kidding me? I said, are you joking me? This is there's absolutely every chance in the world you can do this. You know why? Because you're standing on the edge of the mat. I'm right here. You know what you're doing. Go out there, focus and go. And this kid went out there and won the entire tournament, right, the entire thing. So he won seven matches, submitted all of his people and got a gold medal. And the smile on this guy's face, and this was just a thing. He's like, Coach, I couldn't believe I did it. I said, I knew you had it, mate. You just have to get out there and go and just believe in yourself and just be there. So I can't be there for you, but I'm here to help you along and give you those kicks when you need it. So I've watched – what we call average people, you know, and I don't like that term either, but it's just what society continues to call people. I've watched normal people do extraordinary things. So I'm a firm believer that anyone given the right opportunity can do amazing things in this world. So that's what I wanted to do with Delicia is make it available to everyone, to everyone and anyone. So it's about your story and your mission and, and what you want out of life. And then if it resonates with us, then you come on board. If it doesn't, then you don't. So that was a big part of the conception as well, like a big thing of me then going, okay, I want to come along with these people and, and help this out. So that was the thing with the franchise. It was always going to be franchised from the beginning. So I put the steps in place before the first door was open. It was already being um, assessed in the systems and the procedures and supply chain. Everything was already being put in place for that. 
So I mean, it is fascinating that that crossover with martial art, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu and then a business franchise, that all you talked about, the, the, the spirit, fighting spirit, positive approach, you're in a stressful situation and you're using these, these techniques to overcome an obstacle mm. and, and you know, improve yourself at the same time. So it's all quite relevant to, even though not everyone in, in their immediate, you know, in their immediate understanding will correlate Brazilian jiu-jitsu with franchising, but it's it's obvious how much you've taken that across in terms of because we know that's all about the efficiency of movement, yeah. leverage, and things. But you can see how that in the systems you've created, like leverages off a lot of that those lessons you've had. Um, you're, you're absolutely spot on. And then what it teaches, and that's the, th- the thing with jujitsu, right? Is like you actually fight every single day you train, right? So every single day that you train, you fight. So you, you you learn a technique and then you go and put that technique into into training at a life situation. So you've got someone going at you 100%, you know, and it takes away the that fear of fighting, if that makes any sense, because we've got a big fear of it. And it takes away the thing that, it, look, all it is is just it's a human chess game what we do except you can lose a limb or if you don't tap, you can die, you know. <laughs> like, sounds crazy, but... You know, it's um, so you, you learn how to strategically deal with a with a with a threat straight away, and you need to think about it quickly, calmly, and efficiently. And that's business every single day of the week, right? If your business is a fight every day, being an owner operator business, which is what we are, it's a fight every single day. Some of those days are going to be amazing. Some of them days are going to be terrible, but. It's a fight, and we bring that across, you know, into into the business world. Is going, look, you know, it's not every day is going to be like this. But if you don't fight, and if you don't hustle, and if you don't put the work in, then it's not going to work. Um, and 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 that's a and that's why I believe that everyone on the planet should really be training jujitsu because it will change everyone's life. Um, and in this case, you're like the franchise, or it's like a coaching element as well. Now, just to take a step back, in terms of yeah, you mentioned the talk of you talked about um, why you saw that opportunity yep so could you talk about what you thought was missing in the aussie market that you saw in brazil and can you also explain who your target market is and what's the size and demographic of your primary audiences yes certainly are we talking about like um paleo um seekers uh vegans or are we looking more at like also people with food sensitivities oh everything so yeah look and this was one thing right was okay so one of the biggest things i found was what i what i was missing in my own personal my own like needs and and requirements for my own because i I also intermittent fast so i don't eat until two o'clock every day um so for me when i come out of fasting i need proteins and fats and i'm also vegan so my health journey is like on a scale if you looked at what i did you'd be like man you're crazy but it's something that's evolved to where it has now and so when i was when i come out of fast i look for plant-based proteins and fats to 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 stop my insulin from rising um so but i couldn't find anything like i would have to go to someone's cafe stand there and like pick their menu to pieces and have them look at me and like you know shake their head in like disgust because i'm picking their menus to pieces and some of them wouldn't do it and I'm like, are you, are you in business or what? Like, I'm like, all I need you to do is you've got this thing on this menu, you've got this thing here and this thing here. Can you take that out of that, put that with that, put that with that? They're like, oh, I don't know what to charge you. I go, I don't care what you charge me. Charge me whatever you want, but I just need that now. I'm hungry, <laughs> right? 
And and so I was like, this this is hideous. This needs to be changed. So that was the thing is that I found was that health food fast and superfood super fast was missing. You know, not full on meals and and you know meal plans because there's plenty of good people doing that. And plenty of really good health cafes that do full on meals. But people that are on the go and want something quickly, um, that I found was missing. So that was a big part of our business. I found was missing. And then also the chill out Brazilian culture. The real like it's one or the other. So the Aussies are very Aussies and us Westerners tend to be very go 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 get it done get it I'm gonna get out of here. So I had to combine the two. Um, and then that I found that that chilled out. Like we don't care if you come in and you're all you know sandy from the beach with no shoes on. We don't care. We enjoy that because that's part of the culture. So I found that was missing. And that was the, the biggest drive for putting this thing together was was um, was those missing. So now, as far as our target audience, like right now, our target audience um, through the majority of what we do, which is the SAE bowls, is fifteen to forty year old females at the moment. Now that's just where we're getting the most you know the most response from but our target audience is every single person that walks on the planet right because that is the the broader picture now because once you've come in and tried a lot of our stuff then we're getting a number this is a really great thing for me we're getting a number of customers that are now the more aging population you know, 70 plus coming in. Why? Because they're getting this great thing with a lot of flavor, particularly the bowls. When I sit down, I see a 70-year-old person, 75-year-old person eating an acai bowl with this big purple smile on them. I'm like, man, that is so cool. You know, like they're coming in and they're trying this new stuff and they love it and it's easy for them to eat, very easy for them to digest and gives them great energy and great sustained energy. So for them, uh, so it's literally for, for everyone. On, on that side of it. Now, going on to those dietary requirements and things you were talking about just before, now, this was one thing was that I found a lot of places become discriminatory against certain certain dietary requirements. So if the owner of the business is like literally no one knows I'm vegan, right, unless you ask me or I've, I've told you guys, well, everyone's going to know now from listening, but you don't walk into my shop and get slammed with vegan campaigning or vegan propaganda or anything like that. We don't talk to you about it unless you ask. You know, we don't jam it down your throats like the typical people that everyone thinks vegan people are. So for me, because of where my health journey is and where where it is right now, I can't discriminate against someone who wants to change their life. I shouldn't discriminate against other people because their health journey isn't where mine is. My job is to is to educate them if they ask, and my staff will do the same. No one will ram anything down your throat. It's not what we do. Now, the, here's a classic example for you, right? And the reason why, like, we have whey-based protein right, on our on our menu. Now, me, I can't drink it and I won't eat it. Right? I definitely won't. But for me, just because of where I am, for me not to have it on there, then I wouldn't have changed a whole heap of people's lives already. So we had a, I had a, a customer coming into one of the cafes I owned, and I've worked obviously all of these cafes, the, the ones I opened myself. I spent every single day behind that counter working, working. I know this business back to front, inside out and back to front. And I had a customer coming in. Now, the, this is the other reason I want our business needs to be open and welcoming to everyone is that is we had what would be classed as this, this couple coming in that were morbidly obese. 
this couple came in. Now, everybody else would expect them to go to a fast food outlet, but they started walking in because we put one of our stores in a low socioeconomic area. And and I hate that term, but I've got to say it, you know, otherwise people don't resonate with it. They came into our store. Now, we do this product called a vanilla iced coffee protein shake. Right, 30 grams of protein, four grams of sugar, uh, and it has some espresso coffee in there, right? So very low calories, about 220 calories. Now, these people came in there and they felt comfortable enough that the our shop was inviting enough for these people to come in that they weren't going to be judged upon and they weren't going to be surrounded by this Fitzbo, inverted commas, people, these people that are tanned up, shredded abs you know waxed up and, and and sitting there taking photos of themselves like they felt comfortable enough that our stores weren't full of that and that's not our type of business but these people felt comfortable enough to come in now they came in and and i made them feel incredibly welcome and spoke to them about things and and then they started buying these protein shakes now they came back every day every single day buying these protein shakes in the morning right and then over the time, I started watching a bit of change. And then three months later, they've come to me and they've gone, Scott, thanks so much for like, you know, welcoming us in here because we've now joined the gym. We feel better and we've lost 25 kilos. And I'm like, are you kidding me? They're like, nah, because what we did was we swapped the the iced coffee drinks that we were getting from the, from the deli, or I think you guys call them the milk bars or your service station. So there was an iced coffee like you get in a, you know, like a like a milk carton and it's full of sugar. It's like 650 calories or something. And these guys were drinking three to four of these a day, right? And they said, we come in the morning, we get the iced coffee protein shake from you. We don't have any more all day. And I'm like, what? And they said, yeah, then we don't want to eat. Then we come to lunchtime and we think about eating something a bit better. And so like these people just switched. They were on a, a incredibly bad journey of poor choices with their dietary requirements and their dietary uh, methods. So, and, and just by me opening a store in an area and giving them the choice to, and making them feel welcome, they came in and have they started their health journey. So I haven't seen them for quite a while because I'm not in that store anymore, but, but at least I've given people the opportunity. So, so we, we're not going to discriminate your health journey. We're going to accommodate. And it's a big thing that I push across in our training and in our meetings and, and with, with our stores. I'm like, don't discriminate, accommodate. If we can do it, we will do it. If we can't, we'll say, sorry, we, we can't do that. We just don't have those means here. So if you're paleo, we'll do what we can. If you have allergies, tell us your allergies. We'll, we'll work around them. If we can't, we won't. I'm sorry, but we'll do everything within our power to do something for you. If you want to change something on the menu, we'll do it. If it's on there, just tell us what you want. We'll make it. No problems. You know, you want to take this, join it with that? Yeah, no worries. We'll do that. So, yeah, that's the who who are targeted. Hopefully, I've answered that correctly for you, or well, not correctly, but given given everyone some insight into that sort of our business. It's really good because looking at it, those with dietary requirements, those with allergies, we often have the stigma of being around just to make the world so much more difficult with our friends with cafes. We don't have that a lot with Melbourne as well as in some places in Sydney, but places like WA and some areas of South Australia, it's extremely difficult to accommodate yourself without having to go home and make your own meals kind of thing. So it's extremely important for cafes like Delicia to be out there in the world. Oh, but Ellen's had a lot of experience in this. That's why she's quite passionate about this, this topic. <laughs> yes, everyone knows about that. And I commend you for the fasting. I've had to stop the fasting because I'm a bit too agitated after about 16 hours oh. with no food. <laughs> so, well, you, how long? You, look, you get over it. You kind of get to 
a point now that you sort of, yeah, like you do you sort of get over it. And I, and this is the thing too, I, for the entire Masters World Championships, I taught, I fought that completely fasted. People are like, what? How could you fight with nothing in your stomach? I'm like, well, actually think about it. You know, think about how your body works. Um, and, you know, like the, the, your, your stomach is a, it has an involuntary um, action to it that you can't stop. If you feel you go and put all this fuel in your stomach, this food in there, then, then a large portion or, or a portion of your blood supply needs to go down to that, that vital organ and break your food down. Now, when I'm trying to act at peak performance, I need blood, oxygen, nutrient, waste in and out of my muscles as fast as possible. I don't want – I need as much muscle, I mean as much blood, as much oxygen, as, as much everything in and out as quick as possible. I don't need 30% of it or whatever the percentage is taken up somewhere else because I needed food. It's like, nah, you know. So, yeah, it's it's difficult in the early stage to retrain how your body kind of goes, but then, it yeah, it's it's something that I can't change. My wife can't now where we are, and um, but it is it, it is tough, and like I said, it can be – it can be a, a bit of a bit of a grind. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, look, look from Aaron, we we do a lot of interviews and, and podcasts with founders of companies, and and there is a common thing that you know people who are, have that extreme passion and commitment in, in whatever they're doing, but it, it often translates into good business in the in the long run. So uh, it's obviously that's coming from you in the passion and the and the, the focus in whatever you're doing. What how does that Translator, who actually makes a good franchisee to to run uh, one of your franchises? Are there any common traits there? Yeah, look, almost the same. Like it's the need. Uh, like we we have a number of different people, and I'm open. I'll speak and listen to anyone. Anyone that that wants to talk, I'll listen. Um, and um, like like you, it's the desire to change. The desire for change is a big thing, right? And understanding that. Yeah, same thing, the passion as well. You could have a passion for something. It could be your family, right? That's a big one. We're big on family, big, big, big on family. So your passion could be your work that is your family and, you, and you're like, right, I've been in, this is called the corporate world. I'm missing out on you know, pivotal parts of my, my children's or my family's life and I'm done with that, right? So my passion is my family and I want to make sure my work-life balance is there. So passion is huge. The desire for change is huge. Um and um and and because that generally and then any any high level sporting people also works very well because of the discipline side of it business requires discipline um and if you don't have discipline and you can't follow systems doesn't mean you know by by following systems i don't mean by being this regimented um, robot because everything is fluid and everything needs to be adjusted upon the go nothing is fixed nothing can be fixed right um we we have systems that i don't want you that you've got to follow but within those things i'm continuously assessing them because everyone has a different viewpoint everyone has a different way of looking at things and that's the way you evolve and grow is by listening and and uh, adjusting on the way so so that kind of discipline level is good like like having that is we find works very very well and anyone that's done any business before is is always good although some people honestly though i have some people that the people that i've more than sometimes spend the most time on has been the people that have come from some uh, you know relatively good business background because they tend to have be stuck in some 
systems that I have to uh, unwind and then I have to break down a little bit and, and really get to the core of how they were taught those types of methods and then explain to them why those methods are probably not going to work the best for us and why you need to look at adjusting them. But thanks for bringing them and let's, let's put together something else. So to be honest with you, I found the best franchisees have passion, drive, and don't have a huge amount of business experience. Right, they're the ones that I found have been the most the most successful because they they will take your system on. They're like, well, hold on a second, you've got a working system. It's clearly working. Why would I try and change it, or why would I try and do anything different when it works? And they will do it and they follow it. And th- those guys have brought me back some amazing feedback, going, oh, Scott, I didn't understand this. And I'm like, oh man, I didn't make it clear enough. You know, I don't look at them as it's their problem. It's my issue because if they don't understand it, it's the teacher's problem, it's the coach's problem, it's the owner's problem. Like I've clearly not made it easy enough for all to understand. So then I have to go back, reflect on how I put it across and change the way that I've, I deliver that message. So yeah, they're, they're the, the types of people that, that, that really work out well in our business. So yeah, yeah, there's, we're open to everyone really, but, but it's, it's the attitude and that desire for change that we're really looking for. And just asking, those franchisees who've been with you the longest compared to those that have just started, have you noticed a difference from day one to where they are now, like the, yes. the longest? definitely. Yeah, for sure. So some of them, they've become, like they come in like obviously a little bit nervous, as anyone would. They come in a bit nervous and they come in a bit like, you know, like, uh, yes, what's the word I'm looking for? But, but a little bit a little bit scared to make decisions on the fly and, and run with them because they come from this whole, you know, there's two types of people in this world. There's employees and employers, right? Now, the biggest issue is that we're trained from day one. Some people won't agree with this, but I'm a firm believer of it. We're trained from day one to follow systems. You go to the schooling system and I cannot stand the current schooling system, right? Neither university, I don't like that either. Now, you follow, um, you, you get taught this regimented way, and if you can't follow this way, then you're wrong. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't ring to me, right? That does not resonate with me at all, that just because you've got a system, and if I can't remember it, repeat it, and regurgitate it on demand, then I'm a failure. Are you kidding me? So, you know, I'm a virtually self-taught Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt under one of the world's hardest people to get a black belt under. Right now, I go again. I don't have. I didn't have my coach with me all the time, right? Because it's just the way it was. So, you know. So according to the system, inverted commas, I couldn't get a black belt, which is garbage. Because I was like, well, I just have to change the way I approach this, right? I have to use what I've got now, and that's the biggest change I find with these tribe members, our friends, our family. What I find is that, like, once I let them know that drop that system yes there's systems that need to be in place but ours are different ours are fluid and open here's the guidelines here's the rules but you need to approach them differently so once they actually once they actually get through that um and then we they understand that they can make decisions themselves bounce the decision off me ask me we can discuss it and talk about it and they break that cycle and they actually find out that they can be in charge of their destiny then that's the biggest change I see in these people. Like it, it wakes them up. Does that make sense? Yeah. They kind of, it's like shaking them and then they're like, oh, wow. Oh, I can, I can do this myself. Yeah, like they don't, they don't need their boss's permission. Like, you know, that's a big thing I can't stand. That's another reason I want to, you know, this business was like 
yes, this is your business. It's, you're part of our family and I'm, you know, I'm a perfectionist in a lot of things and I do ho- hold high standards, of course, but it's your business. You're part of our family. If you don't want to go to work that day because you want to go with your kids, go do that. If you want to go get your head done, go get it done. If you want to go and get a tan, go get it done. Like, you know, you shouldn't have to ask permission in life to, to live your life. Live your extraordinary life now. Don't wait for retirement because retirement doesn't exist, right? Like, live it now. So we're, we're giving you the, the mechanism as much as possible to live that. So that's the biggest change, that they become these awesome people that I can start to get ideas off of. Like, they're not my employees. And I tell you, you're not my employee. Don't ever get that wrong, right? Because you're not, you're not my employee. You know, you're, you're your own boss now. You're part of something. I'm here as your mentor and your guidance team and, you know, we've got a system that works but you need to drive your business and that's the biggest change I find in them is they become actually more relaxed, way more relaxed but they're like, this is cool, right, you know, I can I can really do this and it's really rewarding to see that. So that's the biggest change I see in them. Brilliant. And, and what, what are your goals now for, you know, you know, you're spreading the brand across Australia I mean, do you have any goals for franchisee recruitment or any particular milestones you're trying to tick off now? Oh, look, it's one of those things that I, you know, like I just want to help as many people as possible. Wherever that number leads, it leads. And, you know, as many people as we can fit in, like we've got our formula of, of stores that, you know, the, the population density per store. So we've, we've got that formula. But, you know, it, it's I, I would like to see as many people's lives change as possible because there's – and that's it. Like, I, I don't really, I just don't know where that number leads, honestly. My own personal goal for, for Delicia, for me personally, is to be living in a treehouse, man, in the trees and just chilling out, like, relaxing. <laughs> that's, that's kind of my, my own personal goal. But, like, I don't don't really have a, a major number. It's as many as we can. We can, we've got the infrastructure in place to deal with as many stores as we could possibly have. And it's just wherever wherever it organically grows and when bringing great people on like yourselves to help with that process is, is going to be good. And, when, and it's not always difficult to answer, but in terms of when a new franchisee comes on board, mm-hmm. are there any expectations of when they should, you know, what type of returns they should be expecting or when they can um, be in the point where they're growing sustainably? Yeah, for sure. Look, it should, it should be, particularly with our model and the way we work, is that and, you know, being more fluid with our, with our fit-outs and construction and how much the franchisee wants to be involved in the build and those sorts of things, we, we're very different in that respect that they should be, you know, two years they should really be seeing some good returns like at the two-year mark. I mean, I can't guarantee that for everyone. Like everything's different and, and every every place is different. Some might be earlier and some might be later. It just depends on, on a few things. But they should definitely be at that mark and, and before should be should be really seeing some great benefits. Yeah, sure. And, and is there the possibility of owning multiple franchises? Definitely. So now there's two parts to that. I will never allow an investment group to come in and buy – 10 stores and fill them up with with children or fill them up with you know with with high school kids to run them and never set foot in their store that's never going to happen right because that'll damage the brand it will damage it'll damage uh the the hard-working people that have put their i've got people in our business that have put their life savings in it right their life savings so they've got to their age they are in their life now and they've taken everything that they saved because that's what they were taught to do from a young age was say they took everything they saved and they went and put it in our business. So 
for me, that's a lot sitting on my head. And, and you know, someone took that faith in me and I'll go to fight and I'll go to war for anyone. You give me the right tools, I'll go to battle for anyone. I don't care who it is. And, you know, I'm a fighter, a born fighter. I fight for the enjoyment and people need to understand that, that, that I, I go and fight because I enjoy it. Right? I, it's, it's, I like testing myself and fighting. So, yeah, from... From that, look, we won't allow investment to damage the brand, lonely owner-operator. Having said that, I encourage all franchisees to own and open multiple stores themselves. Right? So they can go and open two, three, four and be managing and split their time between them. I have no problems with that whatsoever because we want to promote from within, not externally. You know, I'm not going to bring other people in because I want people to, to grow inside of our business. Now, we don't, we don't expect it, but I encourage it. So if somebody wants to do that, go for it. Just depends on what you want out of our business. You know, some people want to be, we've got some, some young guys in our business that are incredibly hungry and they can see this incredible opportunity and they want to open multiple stores as many as they possibly can some of them are like man i'm going to open this one this one and i'm going to get these going going to state i want to open one there i'm like cool man no worries because they know how to manage it they know what i expect and they know how to manage it so yeah so it, and it depends they want that then we've got other people coming into the business that have come from working 60 hour weeks um shift work 60 hour weeks ago i'm done with doing that i want to spend more time with my children i only want to work in the shop three days a week and I'm like cool no problems like we've got a minimum hours we expect them that we want them in the shop just to make sure that the shop's being the standards are up keep um, you're making your staff accountable and also the customers really like seeing the owner in store and it's a big big difference when you can get in there and and the customers are speaking to the owner they feel special and when the owner knows the customer's name you know, and knows the customer's order they really feel you know special with that and and that's a big big part of part of our growth so definitely the franchisees, we encourage them to open multiple stores, definitely. Yeah, that, that's great. I just got to ask, have you ever, like from a fighting tournament, have you ever come into work behind the counter and like had that black eye or the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had like, I've got like kind of cauliflower, like half cauliflower ears too. I'm not sure if you know what cauliflower ears. Have a look at it online. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, like, so people kind of look at my ears a little bit too. Like, they're not bad, like, but they're getting worse. <laughs> so, people will kind of sometimes look at my ear and then they'll be like, oh, yeah. And then they'll see like a big scratch on my face or like one of my students might have kneed me in the eye or something or like you're limping because someone had a footlock on you. My PA, um, my PA Izzy, she's, she trains underneath me as well. So just to give you an idea, so she trains, she trains jiu-jitsu uh, and like she's always got bruises on her arms and everything and people are like, man, what's going on? And it's, it's actually kind of funny. She's yeah. like, yeah, she goes, <laughs> no, it's really funny because she goes like this, right? She'll, she'll stand there next to me. Like if we, we, when we were working in the store together, we don't spend a great deal. She's still doing a bit of, she bounces between the stores. So she worked with me for 12 months, six days a week right next to me. So she's my PA now that'll, um, that runs a lot of my stuff for me and she puts our training manual together and then she's also helps train the staff and she'll go in and we leave her in a store so she'll generally go along if it's not me it'll be someone else that'll um we, she can has the opportunity to to spend a couple of weeks in the shop once they open to help see the the like the the ease of transition for the franchisee in their store um so that's available for the franchisee to to pay her to come in and do that if they want so we've got a lot of systems in place for that but anyway she um 
it's kind of funny. She'd stand there and they go, oh, she, someone will go, oh, you, what's all those bruises? And she'll go, oh, my boss beats me. Oh, yeah. Right? And, like, she's, she's, such, she's, such, a, she's such a stirrer. And, like, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, so be careful you say that to her, like, just joking around. And she's like, oh, you know, and they go, oh, Scott, did you, you train with him, do you? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's kind of funny because, like, it's like, you know, she has all these bruises. Now, like, one of our other franchisees, She's a blue belt under another team. So she's a blue belt. Her husband's a white belt and they're high level. Then we've got one of my, another blue belt underneath me, him and his wife own a store. Then we've got somebody else who's a purple belt owns another store. So we have a lot of jujitsu people in our stores that own our shops. And it's, you know, yeah, it's kind of, so a lot of us are kind of used to it. Like a lot of the, a lot of the customers are kind of used to it. Oh, you know, like, or if we're getting ready for a big tournament, they'll see me and they'll see me like, you know, not eating or I'm a little bit, you know, my energy's a bit low. They're like, what's up? I'm like, oh, I'm cutting weight, man. Like I've got to cut weight. I've got to fight soon. Oh, when did you fight? And they follow you. And yeah, it's really cool. So yeah, we definitely, we've all, a lot of us have all come in bruised or, or something for sure. That's, that's really, it's, it's. It's so interesting. I mean, it's, and it's different to a lot of things out there. For anyone listening who's really, you know, there'll be plenty of people here that a lot, our audience are generally interested in, you know, business opportunities, franchise mm-hmm. opportunities. And if any advice for someone who be, could be thinking about taking the plunge um, with Delicia and will be thinking about, you know, what should they do next? Any piece of advice to them? And, and what do you think you recommend to reach out to them? Look, one of my biggest advice that I've that I I live by this and I um I say it all to everybody is what do you have to lose? Go and do it. Just do it. Plan it, calculate it, look at it, assess it, and just go. Uh, and that's just I'm I'm not talking about just delicia either. You know, I'm talking about life. Just give it a shot. Too many people sit back, live in this realm of comfortability. Nothing good comes from being comfortable. It doesn't happen. You know, if you want more, that if you want more in life and you and you want to live your extraordinary life, you need to do it now. And that comes with risk and fear. You know, um, fear stands for two things. You know, it's a two different, you know, meanings for fear. And it's up to you, you know, that what, what you want to do. I, I would just say my biggest thing, and, I, and I've always done this, is I go, there's a big, there's a, one of these classic sayings of as um, a, an entrepreneur, you know, uh, what is an entrepreneur? An entrepreneur is someone who jumps off a cliff and builds a plane on the way down. All right, um, that's me all over, right? I'll look at it and go, right, what am I going to need? So I'm going to jump off this cliff. I'm going to need this, this, and this. Cool, I'm going now. See ya, all right? And then off the cliff I go, and I'll start putting that plane together on the way down. You know, um, you know I've already planned part of it, but you, you, you need to go. And when you push yourself out of your, comfort, your comfortability zone, once you you really start to put those things on, 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 on those pressures on yourself, as long as you've got the right tools around you and the right people around you, then you will grow. And it's the only way you grow is by by diving headfirst into something. Um, yes, you've got to do some planning and yes, you've got to do some calculations. But after that point, it's like, right, go. I'm going to give this a shot. No, it's really interesting because we've also, with a franchise as well, it's also about, we've often heard it's similar to a bungee jump as well. Yeah. We've got to, that the franchisee coming on board has to be willing to take that jump. But people like yourself are providing those cords to make that journey guided. You're absolutely correct. You're like, I'm here. And like I said to people, I can be as much help as you need or as little. Uh, and that's up to you. So you, you, you can, you know, you, you call upon me or my PA or whatever to, to get information and call upon our team. We're here to assist you. I am not here to run your business. 
I, I, I don't want to uh, – it's not my business to be standing in your shop running it and watching every single thing you do all day, every day. I don't want to do that, right? Obviously, you know, don't uphold the things we need to. Well, then, you know, there's repercussions, and I will, I will have to, you know, take care of what I've got to take care of. But, but we're not here to micromanage your business. We want you, and we're giving you the tools and the freedom to be able to, to, to run your business and be confident in your business. It's your business, you know, it's your business. Um, that's why we want you to do your fit out um, and be in control of that and design it. And we help you with all of that so that when you turn up in the morning, you open that door, you're like, this is mine. This is my shop, you know. I'm part of a family, but this is my store. I designed this. This is a place that I want to hang out at. This is a place I want to tell my friends, come meet me at my cafe. Come meet me down the shop, have a coffee. Like that's the big, big, big thing. So it is. It's 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 taking that risk, man. It's really deciding to go for it. And if you you resonate with the right business and the right team, then go for it. Just just look at it, do it, and try it. You know, what's the worst that can happen? You get in there. It's not for you in a couple of years and you and you sell your shop, you know, and move on to something else. What are you going to get? Two years' worth of experience you didn't have before, you know, if that's the case, if you do sell it. I mean, we went, I don't think anyone's going to, but, but you know, you, you're going to learn a lot about yourself and you're going to learn a lot about business and the runnings of business and, and you're going to decide whether it's for you or not. Um, and that's it. Just go for it. It's my, it's my biggest, biggest piece of advice. Fantastic. Look, I think that's a very – a good way to end the podcast. It's been fantastic having you on. It's been quite inspirational as well. So we'd really like to have you on again soon to just to give the market an update on how your expansion is traveling. Yeah, awesome. Uh, also um, give us some more insights on, on the market as well. It's been fascinating today, Scott. Beautiful. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you, Scott. Thanks Thank for you. Bye-bye. And we do encourage anyone interested to head towards www.deliciasidebar.com. Alternatively, you have a contact us box near the podcast, so please put your name down and, and one of the team will be in touch with you to, to get that journey going with the company um, and, and see if the, the, the franchise is right for you. So thanks again. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Eden Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In this episode, we spoke to Scott Dempster, founder and MD of Delicii, Asai and Protein Bar Franchises. For more information on the franchise or any other episodes by Eden Exchanges, head to businessbuyinvest.com. You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram for recent updates on the buying, selling and investing world. You can subscribe to the series on iTunes or Stitches if you're using Android. Thanks for listening.